Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts and I'm here with Matthew Typekey. We're happy to be back, baby. Yeah. And today's episode, we're just going to jump right into it, is with a just the nicest guy that I think we've, well, we've I, I don't want to nice exclude guys. other people, but <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of nice guys. He's got some good vibes. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Richards is an awesome real estate agent here in Austin. He works for Pure Gold Realty, and he's also the Presidente of the Austin Young Real Estate Professionals. Yeah, he's, he's a just cool dude. Yeah, it was one of our funner podcasts. I feel like he would like really own the mic and for just, sure like, jumped right in. Yeah, well, it was interesting because he's got like such a diverse background, you know, with being in music. Yeah, that he's like a. I mean, I would say that he's a performer, and so being on the mic and you know talking to people and stuff like that, like it just comes natural to him. And right. he's in a leadership position with you know the whole the Austin Young Real Estate Professionals, and he's just like a. A good talk, a good yeah, guy. He's yeah. sharp and he's doing some cool things. I tried to recruit him after the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying. So, Jonathan, if you're listening, we still want you, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, he's a good he's a good person to have on your team, and you know, no matter what, I'm excited that just to have this friendship, you know, for for a long time. He's just such a good guy, and really, it was interesting to see kind of like why he does what he does, and kind of like his background and how that led into why he works so hard and, you know, how much he loves his wife and, and all that good stuff. So it was really cool to learn about him. Yeah, man. I'm sure we're going to see him a lot over the years being part of that group. And yep. I saw him the other day downtown. And nice. he's fun to be around. I yeah. like him a lot. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude for sure. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. We have all of Jonathan's information in the show notes below. We do a happy hour with the Austin Young Real Estate Professionals once a month. So check that out on their Facebook and without further ado, here is Mr. Jonathan Richards. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are very excited to have you on. So you and I know each other through Austin Young Real Estate Professionals, uh, and uh, we're a sponsor. If I'm not mistaken, you are the Presidente, correct? <laughs> I am the Presidente. And, um, and then also, we met again, uh, or ran into each other again a few weeks ago, Mr. Sandy McIlroy yep. put on a little podcast class, which I went to go learn some new yeah. things, um, as did you. So we connected there, and I said, man, we got to get you on the podcast. So we're really excited to have you. And what we do is we dive into people's journeys here, uh, real estate professionals and entrepreneurs. And so I know that you are successful in the real estate industry here in Austin. Are you from Austin? I am not. I'm actually from uh, southeast Texas, down around the Beaumont area, believe it or not, down in the swamplands, as I call it, mosquito-infested swamplands. Uh, I made it uh, my journey here to Austin around 2005, and so I've been here ever since then. Got it. Okay, so you were in that area for your whole life until 2005. Yeah, born and raised, went to college there. I was a music education major, which I've never used in my entire career. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's my home. That's where I'm from. Got it. And did you start in the real estate industry there, or did you... Okay. I did, yeah. So when I got out of college, it's kind of an interesting story. When I got out of college, uh, I was a musician. Uh, I had a music education degree, and I decided didn't want to teach. I uh, loved children and all that good stuff, but 200 kids a day, I couldn't discipline on my own, and just it just didn't work out for me very well, patience-wise. And so 
Uh, I went on the road and played professionally. I played for about three years on the road with a band called Jive Train. We're a funk soul and R&B band. We were uh, on two different circuits, an oldie circuit where we opened up for like uh, the Temptations, band, old bands like that. Uh, and then we were also on a college circuit where we played fraternity and sorority houses all over the South. And so I did that for about three years. And then when I came home, uh, I went right back into the bar business and um, I met a guy uh, by the name of Scott Clark who got me into real estate, into mortgage actually. Uh, this is pre-NMLS days before you needed a license to be a, a loan originator. Uh, and he brought me on in, in a marketing stand. And when he, when he brought me to the company, I didn't even know what mortgages were. I had no idea. I didn't even know what I was walking into. He just offered me a job. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then he started sending me around the country to log home trade shows. Uh, and I would set up our booth. And he, he, his niche was log home financing. Uh, and so I'd set up booths and I would uh, get leads for his loan officers, obviously people coming through the, the trade show. And then at night I'd take the, the log home companies out and wine and dine them. And so, uh, so I did that for a couple of years and then he decided he wanted to uh, open a residential shop here in Austin and asked me if I would move up here and help him with that. And of course he was gonna pay for me to move to Austin. Who would say no to that? And so I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. And so they moved me here in 2005. Uh, we started a mortgage shop, a little brokerage. We had a little office out in the Lakeway. Um, the hurricanes came through, Rudy Katrina. Um, he had a, unfortunately had some, some issues with his home office back in Bridge City. It's where the, the storm basically came on shore, kind of wiped him out and whatnot. And um, So I moved on and uh, went and bartended because I didn't want to leave Austin. I just wanted to stay here. Uh, met what would be my soon-to-be wife. Uh, her name is Marie, and she introduced me to a guy named Paul Smith, uh, who you guys might know. He's one of the managing partners over at 12 Rivers Realty. Uh, he introduced me to Kevin Bowne, who's the broker at 12 Rivers Realty. At the time, they were at Goodwin Partners, uh, and Kevin got me in the business. He said, hey, go get your license. We want to show you how to do this. We think you have the personality to do it. And being young and confused and not really knowing what to do, I said, okay, sure, let's do that. And so uh, I got my license and uh, sold a couple of houses, was feeling really good about it. Uh, and then I met John McClellan at Supreme Lending. And John uh, took me under his wing. He said, I know you were in the mortgage business. So I want to teach you how to do it the right way. Uh, it looks like you're having fun on the real estate side, but I'd love to have you come work for me. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so he brought me in and he taught me the game and taught me everything on the back end. I started as an assistant for him and basically a transaction uh, coordinator, and so I learned how to put the files together, how to, to process them, all that good stuff. Uh, and then I spent probably almost 10 years at Supreme Lending. And then a couple of years back, I decided that uh, my wife and I own a travel agency, and we love to travel a lot. And, and my schedule was just getting so bombarded because of the mortgage side of the business, and I needed a little more freedom. Uh, and then I, I so I decided to to come to this side of the business. And there were some other things that that helped that decision. Um, but but the, the majority was that, you know, I, I was ready for something new. I was ready for a change. There's so many, so many regulations and so much that goes into the mortgage side of it that I, I felt like I was starting to burn out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need a change. I need a, a new vision, uh, a new utopia to go after. And real estate gave me that outlet. And so I got into real estate and been doing it ever since and uh, love it. I, I love what I do. It's a passion. It's not a job. I mm -hmm. say that all the time because it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and the day that it becomes a job, I'm done. I'm going to walk away from it because I, I don't want to go to work every day. I want to go have fun every day. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a lot there. There's a whole lot. There. I mean, you got a lot. You got a lot. the short version. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, I mean, it sounds like you got like a lot of, you know, irons in the fires over the years. Yeah. Um, and 
um, sounds like you don't like to sit still, really. Oh, man. You know, you can't in this industry. And I think that, you know, a lot of people in the misconception for, for young agents that get into the business is that they see all these agents driving around in Mercedes-Benz and these big houses and pools. And they think, oh, I get in and I'm going to sell a couple houses and that's going to be my life. And they don't realize that there's so much work and dedication and heart that you have to put into this. And you have to be consistent. You know, my broker has been in the business for 23 years and he still does multiple houses every single weekend. Mm -hmm. And he's super successful. So, I mean, it's not, this business isn't one that you get in and you, you just lollygag around and hope that you're going to get a paycheck here and there. It doesn't work that way. Like, you have to get up there and you have to hustle. you got to put your heart into everything that you do or you're not going to be successful. And you have to learn how to fail. Failure is a big part of that. Uh, I think that's the, the number one part of the equation to success is failure. You need to fail. You need to learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you're going to fail in this business. It's so easy to do, it, but it's the right thing to do because mm-hmm. that's what's going to help you be successful yeah that's great man there's a lot to it you know i've I've been doing it for about nine years and if you look around the corner i'm driving a prius so i 100 percent agree with what you're saying this is something that uh, i'm kind of thinking through as you mention it because i feel the same way as you do as as saying hey this is a passion this is something that i love to do i'm not really working but then there's that balance of you mentioned you know the broker you're talking about is out hustling showing houses on the weekend and so like i don't know exactly what i'm saying right now but it's kind of like the balance of like are we telling ourselves that that we love it you know we do like we're working yeah. right now this is fun mm-hmm. uh but there is a, a hustle like i yeah. for an example i have some clients that are looking to buy a house uh and i showed them i went to gerald yesterday and th- showed three houses knowing that they weren't going to buy right but like knowing that the, it was important to do that sure. because the next two or three times they're going to buy mm-hmm. so I, I guess what i'm saying is like you know the balance of like hey it's not work i'm passionate about it but also saying I got to hustle and take it seriously. You know, how do you yeah. like weigh those two things? I think, I think there's a couple of things that I do. Well, the first thing, let's talk about personal growth first, because I think personal growth is what makes us successful in our business life. And if you're not consistently growing personally on a regular daily basis, then you're doing it wrong. So I look at myself as uh, inside as having all these cells, like these battery cells, right? And each battery cell is a different part of my life. So one is personal growth, one is faith, one is my business, one is my family, one is our travel business, all these different cells. And I have to keep them at at least 85% in order for me to function and be successful. And so uh, no matter how you fill those cells, whether that's through reading or going to seminars, heck, I just signed up for a Tony Robbins seminar in July. I mean, you, you have to do these things to keep yourself motivated and going. And I think the second part to what you're talking about as far as the balance is understanding what your utopia is. You know, your utopia, I look at as what's, what's my utopia going to look like in five to ten years down the road? Or what is my utopia going to look like at the end of dealing with this client that I'm working with? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tell young agents all the time, you're not, you're, there's no way you can be prepared for the first time you're sitting at a closing table across from first-time homebuyers that you just helped and knowing the sacrifice and struggle they went through to buy that house and you get to hand them the keys to their new home there's no other feeling in the world like that mm-hmm. and so you know I think that's what helps me realize that I have to get up and go hustle every day I want that feeling I want to check that box inside mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's important I think it's um, you know it's 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 important for us to continually grow and, and understand that there are other folks out there that we can help. Mm-hmm. This is a service industry. I mean, that's what we do. We provide world-class service for our clients. We want them to feel good and, and good and buy a place they create memories that last a lifetime, right? I mean, think about your childhood home. Think about all the memories that you had in that home. 
you know, you get to provide that for another family. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Yeah. That's like, that's just, that's what keeps me going every day. That's what makes me drive and focus a hundred percent of my energy every single day on what I do in life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. And, um, I know you said like, you mentioned this is a customer service industry, right? And so I uh, waited tables and bartended through the end of high school and all through college. And I know you said you bartended too. And bartending is good money. Yeah, It was hard to leave that. It is. But also, like my wife and I both say all the time, like we wish that everybody had server experience. Because for some reason, it just really humbles you. And Mm -hmm. people that were servers, you can tell, they just treat people differently. And I know that that has been like the biggest, uh, I guess, factor in like my customer service heart, really, when it comes to one, I mean, business, but two, just people and relationships in general. I was wondering if that was the same for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So I have a long stint in the service industry myself. Uh, I used to do business development for our company. And anytime any agent walks in that has server or bartending experience, I'm like, yes, hired, let's do it. Yeah. And you're right, you know, you have to have a servant's heart no matter what you do in life. But in real estate especially, you're dealing with the general public and there's a psychology uh, part of the transaction, right? Because you're, you're, you're helping them. And the same is true when you're bartending. You got people that come to your bar that may be going through just the worst day of their entire life, mm-hmm. but they may be happy at the same time. I mean, there's so many different things and you learn how to pick up on people's emotions and feelings and you learn how to guide them through a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. And the, the fact that you can serve someone dinner, you can help serve buy them a house. I mean, it's the same thing, right? So right. it's all about having a servant's heart. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I love that. And also, so like back to your uh, music career. Yeah. So what instrument did you play? Oh my gosh. I didn't know you were going to ask that. Okay. So. <laughs> I was, uh, I was a horn player. I played trumpet. Uh, but as a music major, I, I, I'm very fortunate that I was surrounded by music uh, pretty much my entire college, collegiate high school and collegiate career. And so I can pick up a guitar and play it. Listen, I'm no, I'm no, uh, no guitar master or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I love music. It's a, it's a hobby for me. And believe it or not, uh, it, music taught me a lot about passion. And I think that you know you have to find your passion in life and music for me was, uh, was a way to communicate with people. It's a universal language. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Uh, you can play a piece of music, and just because we don't speak the same language, we can jam to it the same, the same way. And I think uh, that taught me a lot about not only my passion, but, but about life and, and love and, and just being a humble, honest, uh, loving person to, to, to everybody out there. And so music was a big part of my life. Yeah, I played trumpet and... Uh, I, I don't play as much anymore. I was playing with uh, the Austin Cinematic Symphony here in Austin for a while, and they do all movie movie scores and game gaming music and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun, but uh, I just I, unfortunately it doesn't put food on the table, and so I had to I had to put that back as more of a hobby. And so I still play occasionally, but mm-hmm. not as much as I'd probably like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a I mean that was a a great answer you kind of answered before i i asked but kind of down a different path i was yeah. going to lead you to being a, an artist uh, you know starting artist is like it's a struggle right so people on the podcast know that i am a, an actor yeah and so as that artist man it's you know it's tough right and so there's a lot of what people would call failure or disappointment um stuff like that and so i was wondering if that in the music industry for you created that resilience that I see in you today when it comes to real estate and your career now. 
Yeah, you learn how to you learn how to deal with rejection, right? <laughs> yeah. So that happens. You know, they take they say it takes seven no's to get a yes, and and that's absolutely true. And in the music world, uh, I was pretty fortunate. In the music world is probably a little different than the actor world because you're kind of by yourself, right? Whereas sure. when I'm with a band, I've got other guys with me. So I was fortunate to have a team, right? But at the same time, I mean, there's there's a lot of obstacles that you face, and you know, you may go play a gig, and I mean. I was a, we were a horn band and so there was nine of us and so getting a gig that paid actually decent money was was pretty tough and so you learn how to deal with that rejection you learn how to to scrape by but you know i've learned in life that life is not about monetary things it's not about money it's 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 about your heart and your passion and, and just living life to the fullest every day and if you're doing those things then the money's going to follow right behind it and i think music really taught me that um you know there were some times where I wanted to just leave and go back home and bartend again. You know, I had a I had a townhome in uh, Baton Rouge with the sax player that, that was in the band, and uh, you know, it, I think I saw that townhome maybe ten times the entire three years that I was there because we were on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you share a, a van and a bus with nine other guys, uh, you know, pretty much the entire year. I mean, you you learn a lot about life and and what's important and what's not, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, I would say for sure, you know, music taught me a lot of that stuff and, and it teaches you rejection and how to deal with that. But so does the service industry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing there, right? I mean, you may get a table that's just being an absolute butt to you. But you have to put on a smile and you, you have to keep going. You have to understand that that's just part of life. You know, you, you, have to, you have to learn how to control the situation. So I think all of that stuff teaches you a lot. I've just been very, very humbled. To honestly, to have had the opportunities in life that I have, mm-hmm. um, I've seen things that most people haven't, and and I'm I'm very humbled by that because it's taught me a lot about life, and I, I attribute a lot of uh, my personal success to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and so I want to dive into you know what you're doing today, yeah. but you it sounds like you know through what we've been talking about these last few minutes is that you really enjoy. The process of whatever it is you're doing, yeah. you know, throughout you know your life so far, and you know the theme of our podcast is financial freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So the name's Young Wild Financially Free, and uh, a lot of people that's different, right? Freedom's different to everybody, yeah. um, and to me, it sounds like you know you've already reached that goal because you enjoy the process so much that like it's just everything is gravy. Is yeah. that how you? I wouldn't say it's gravy. It's <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was gravy. That would be pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I would say I'm at a point in my career now where, um, yeah, you know, am, am I making the most money that I can make? Uh, no. I mean, we can always make more, right? Uh, but am I living my best life? Absolutely, 100%. And, I, and that's what I strive for every day. Uh, I'm very fortunate that in the business I have now that I, I have the opportunity to work with some builders and developers, and they keep me pretty busy and my pipeline pretty full. And so, uh, you know, when I do get the opportunity now to go work with a first-time home buyer or somebody purchasing a home or selling a home, uh, I get to really dive into that experience with them more because I have more time to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very fortunate the way my business is set up currently. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, can I grow? Absolutely, man. We always can grow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long you do something. Uh, you always want to strive to be better. And mm-hmm. so... I think my biggest goals probably in the next couple of years are to really dive into helping others succeed. I think that 
my passion has started to move towards that. And I've found that with, with Austin Young Real Estate Professionals, which is where we met, mm-hmm. uh, that I've had an opportunity to help guide young minds and young hearts in this industry and, and show them the real meaning behind real estate and what it's really about. That it's not about that Mercedes Benz or that big house with a pool. It's about having a servant's heart and getting to help other people realize the dream of home ownership. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a passion that I haven't tapped into yet, but it's one that uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to explore more. Mm-hmm. So one that I'm I'm wanting to bring on board. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome, and I love. I mean, I just love what you're saying about a servant's heart. And I, we mentioned this on our uh, live uh, Facebook or our live podcast a week or two ago. Um, one of my favorite lessons from the Bible is that it's greater to give than it is to receive. Yes. And I, that has like never been more true mm-hmm. in my heart. I've like, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but like, I feel so much more happy, so much more joy whenever I give than when I receive. Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, that's well, something it's all about mindset, right? So, you know, we, we, there's always two ways to look at everything. And so when you talk about giving and receiving, I would rather, I would 10 times rather give than receive any day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel just as much joy by giving as I do by receiving. And you're absolutely right. I mean, faith is a big part of my life. Uh, you mentioned the Bible and, and I believe in that. And I think everybody should have faith, no matter what faith it is. Mm-hmm. But you have, you should have some sort of higher being that you have faith in. And I, I think that that's important in personal growth. I think it's important in your, in your lives and your relationships that you have with other people. Um, it's, uh, faith is a big part of everything that we do. It's, it's kind of the foundation for what we do. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Actually. I love that, man. And, and what you said, mindset is what I was thinking is it's all about your perspective. It's Absolutely. like, you know, we all have, uh, things that we're trying to do and strive for. And, and so we're not necessarily probably exactly where we would like to be, but like if your perspective is like, this is where I want to be is in this process and working every day and trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Then you're then you're doing it right there, yeah. right? And it's all about that having that perspective mm-hmm. every day, and and not feeling like, hey, I'm not doing enough, or yeah. I'm not where I want to be, but just enjoying that yeah. moment, you know. And even on the little things too, you know, I heard someone use an analogy yesterday that I really liked. She's a speaker, and she had come to our office to give a presentation. And one of the things she said was about mindset and how to change your mindset. And she goes, I used to get up and speak, and when people would pick up their phones, she goes, I'd go, Oh my God, they're not interested in me anymore. But she changed her mindset to think, oh my God, they really like me. They're already talking about me on social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so I started thinking about that. I said, that's a great analogy. If you just change your mindset just slightly on everything you do in life, you're going to be positive. And right. And the results are going to... And it's not easy. Forward. You know, it's not easy. You can you get tricked and start thinking wrong. Absolutely. or you know, but And we're human. That's going to happen. You know, and that's that's part of what I said earlier about failure. You know, you, you have to learn how to fail to succeed. So... Yeah. You know, though you're going to have those days. Listen, there's days I wake up that I'm like, I just don't even want to do today. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But you have to change your mindset. and You just have to put the grind in and go do it. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, well, I want to dive into some of the more, I guess, detailed stuff of your current career. So yep. with you working with... Uh, Prime, you were looking at Prime Lending, right? Uh, Supreme Lending. Supreme, yeah, excuse yeah. me. That's okay. Um, I know the guys over Prime. They're fantastic. Good <laughs> people over there. Um, so did that work... Uh, do you think that that helped you when you got into the real estate industry? Oh, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the what's the biggest part of the process of a home purchase is the mortgage part, right? Yeah. And so uh, I feel like I definitely have a one-up when I'm advising clients. Now, obviously, I'm, I don't have a mortgage license anymore. It's just like as a realtor, we can't get legal advice. I can't give mortgage advice as a realtor. But 
I at least understand the process and know enough about it that I can help guide my clients and make sure that they're on top of that process. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the lenders I work with, I know I've known for years, and so uh, I trust them. And so when we're in in that process, it definitely gives me an advantage to be able to help them uh, move that move that process along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it gives you uh, it gives you in the sales part of it too. Mortgage is a completely different animal. I mean, uh, you know, sales wise, I mean. I was at the point where almost 75% of my business was personal referral. It wasn't coming from referral partners, from realtors. And so that was another reason that I made the switch over to the real estate side. I realized I was giving out a ton of business to realtors and they were making 10 times more money than I was on the real owner. <laughs> hope John's not listening to this, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it, 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 it made me realize a lot of things. And so I realized where my strengths were and you have to realize where your strengths and weaknesses are and you need to, you have to feed off of those. And so I realized what my strength was and that, and that was another reason that I, so I don't know enough about how this works with the license, but would you be able to do both if you, you wanted to? You can. So in the state of Texas, uh, you can be duly licensed, but you can't do FHA loans if you're duly licensed. Okay. Uh, because it's a government program. Um, I don't recommend it. Uh, I know people out there that do it. The legalities of it, um, there's just a lot of risk. Are, uh, are you, so I, maybe I, I'll clarify. So I'm not talking about, you know, representing the client as a realtor and as the loan officer on the same deal you know maybe just doing both businesses but different yeah clients. yeah you could do that um again I, I i think that if you're going to be in this industry you should focus on one thing and one thing alone um I, it gets too complicated the mortgage side of it is is a lot of busy work it's a lot of paperwork you're consistently in front of a computer you know it, you're looking at documents i mean there's just so much that goes into that side of it that if somebody were doing both i would definitely applaud them because that is a lot of work, and you definitely got to have a lot of passion to do both, no doubt. I've got a question for you. So uh, we have great lenders that we work with, uh, mm -hmm. but I've learned you know, the hard way. You know, We're big investors and trying yeah. to buy as many as we can, and you sure. get maxed out on loans, and you figure out hard money and private money and all that. Yep. So I have literally came up with this, this statement, and I said, never trust a lender. And I, <laughs> I tell that to myself because I've seen so many times how – you know, lenders will promise something or a deal may not get done. Um, do you, what do you think about yeah. that statement? I mean, yeah. I think it's true, but I also think, again, mindset, right? So my philosophy is uh, the lenders that I work with, I know and trust. I, I've, I've worked with them. Here's my biggest thing with lenders. It's all about setting expectations. And so if they don't do that properly in the beginning and I get to the end of a transaction and then maybe this is a lender I haven't worked with before, and those expectations weren't met or they were different from when we started, then that raises red flags. And I typically won't work with that person again. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our industry, both on the real estate side and the mortgage side, mm -hmm. that don't understand the process. They just want the paycheck in the end, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, you have to learn how to get around that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say, I would say that's true, but in the same yeah. sense, like, know who you're working with. That, you know? So I, you know, that my thing was like, you know, I have lenders that I do trust, yeah. but, but I, the reason I say that is because I just think you have to have this mindset of like the, the deal's not done until nope. it's closed. Until it's closed. And time. like, it, unless you know that yeah. someone consistently does it, you yeah. can trust them, but don't trust the new yeah. one that says, I can get it done. We don't need to extend, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, yeah. I've just seen so many things come yeah. up. I mean, it's yeah. been crazy. Interesting perspective on that from the lending side. When I was on the lending side, um, I had a good view of that, that part of it. And I used to say the same thing. This isn't done until it's funded. Mm -hmm. Until the money is there and the title company has it and they're, they're wiring all the different parties that they need to wire, it ain't over. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've literally been in situations and closings where it literally came down to the funding moment. Mm -hmm. Like 
Um, you know, there's, and there's a lot of things. And I think as realtors too, you know, we sometimes get a, a, a bad, uh, how do I say this? A bad reputation as far as, you know, not necessarily particularly caring for lenders and, and, and the lending world, but you have to understand that they, they deal with so much regulation. There's so much that goes in the mortgage process that we as realtors don't know about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do cause I did it and I understand it. Uh, but there's so many things and, and underwriters are, are fantastic people, but you have to understand that all they see is a piece of paper. They don't know the person actually getting the loan like the realtor does. They don't have that relationship with them. And so when you're looking at paper, everything's yeah. the same. It's mm-hmm. very generic. And so it can be very complicated. And, and, and I try to have as much patience as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having experience on that side, a lot of times I'll be like, no, this is what you need to do, which mm-hmm. is probably not what I should say. But that's <laughs> what you, you know, that you're sometimes you to just help. have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And it's, man, I mean, we get lenders, you know, all the information that they need. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I send it to them in four different emails. Yeah. I, I try to do it as easy as possible now. But that's a tough job. A and tough there's job. a lot of back and forth yeah. and the paperwork. When you're talking about underwriters, um, can you explain, so you've got the lender, mortgage broker, right? Yep. And then they find the, the bank or yep. whoever they're going to sell it to. Yep. Wh- who, who is the underwriter? Yeah. Who do they work for? Where are they? Can you kind of give yeah. some insight? Yeah, so the, the basis for, for lending is this. So first off, you have two different things. You have a mortgage bank and you have a mortgage broker, right? So mortgage bank means that they have their own, what, we, what they call in the industry, warehouse lines. means they fund their own loans, right? Uh, whereas you have mortgage broker who works like uh, like a, a broker basically, so they get the deal in and they broker that out to different banks and their different programs. Um, so I work for a mortgage bank. The, the the good thing about mortgage banks is that they have their own in-house teams. So when a file comes in, the loan officer is going to take the application, they're going to pre-qual somebody, uh, and then they're going to start to collect all that documentation, income, asset, all that good stuff, right? Uh, and then they're going to send that into a processing and processor processor's job basically is to put a file together for an underwriter. Mm-hmm. What they're going to do is pre-inspect the file. So the, the, the idea is that by the time it gets to the underwriter, everything is in check. So that all she has to do is run through, verify everything. It's a different set of eyes. She can sign off on the file or clear to close, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what a processor's job is. When it gets to underwriting, it's a little more technical. There are some things that processors aren't trained on that underwriters are. And the guidelines change on a daily basis. So the underwriters are really the forefront of that. And so. They're the ones who wake up every day and have to read their bulletins and all that good stuff and know, hey, I've got to deal with this FHA file today, but there's a new income limit or there's a new credit score limit or whatever the case may be. They have to be in the know in that. And so sometimes as a loan officer, you get that file all the way to underwriting and they send you an email, go, oh, we can't do this deal mm-hmm. or we need to fix this, you know, and you're like, what are you talking about? It was this way yesterday, yesterday you know yeah. what I mean? So that's kind of the process. And then once it gets to underwriting, she's going to clear that most of them will do uh, a condition uh, list meaning we'll, we're approving the loan, a hard, firm approval, but we want these conditions met before we'll give the clear to close. Uh, and then once those conditions are met, it's resubmitted, underwriter checks those off, and then she sends them on. So it's kind of a lengthy process. And, and for realtors out there, you understand this because you understand that they're party financing addendum and how many days the 15, I typically put 15 days in for my, uh, for my uh, firm of financing approval, right? And so that's what the that's what that time is for. And people think 30 days, that takes forever to just look at a file. 
Believe it or not, there's a lot of things that have to be ordered and those things take time, right? They have to order tax verifications from the IRS. They have to order uh, verification of funds and things of those nature. And those things take days and days and days to do. It's not like that file's just sitting there and not being looked at. No, it's being worked on consistently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just takes a time to to collect all the information. But yeah, that's kind of the process. It goes from the loan officer to a processor to the underwriter and to the closing table. Mm -hmm. Well... I'm going to uh, rethink my never trust a lender because <laughs> I never really factored in the fact that things are changing. Yeah. So those are out of their control, you yeah. know, sometimes, sometimes if, if the regulations but are sometimes changing. sometimes they're not, you know, and, and, you, and you, have to, you have to understand that. And if, if, if you're working, and this goes for anybody, not just lenders, but if there's anybody in your team that's helping your clients get to their goal of home ownership and, and they're not pulling their weight, then you, you've got to question that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do it all the time. And, you, you learn that you use different vendors throughout your career and they all change and they go through cycles and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You may also learn as a realtor that you have a certain lender that you'll send a certain client to that, and that you won't send another client to because of personality differences, right? For and so sure. it's good to have multiple people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned hard money. Now that, yeah, those the non-traditional kind of lendings, yeah, you have to be really careful with who you get in business with on those types of things because they don't do things the traditional way. Mm-hmm. They're not regulated, you know. And so, uh, you know, you definitely have to be careful when you when you start partnerships in in those areas because you you want to make sure that. Well, I mean, first off, they have all your personal information. That's a <laughs> that's a right. big deal, right? But they're also giving you a large sum of money, and so you know you want to make sure it's done the right way. So trust is definitely a big deal in that. I wouldn't say. Take that, take that away completely. Um, I think there's just certain instances for it. That right, makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, all this sounds like you know your experience with mortgages has like definitely helped with you know the real estate yeah. side um, with you being at Pure Gold yeah. and um, being able to help your clients and really set their expectations and just knowing everything on that goes on in the on the backside of things yeah. so they know what to expect. And what I'm curious about is how you got involved with uh, Austin Young Real Estate Professionals <laughs> and kind of what the goal for that group is. Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. So let me explain what AREP is and then I'll tell you how I got involved. So AREP is Austin Young Real Estate Professionals. It's not just for young people. In fact, we changed the why to a heart because it's all about being young at heart. And we have folks from all different ages, all different ethnicities. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> ages, all that good stuff. So we have a, a really mixed culturally diverse group. Uh, which is pretty awesome. AREP was actually chartered by the Austin Board of Realtors as the official YPN for Central Texas. And what YPN is, Young Professional Network, it's recognized by the National Association of Realtors as a committee. Uh, It's also recognized on the state level by the Texas Realtors Association and then obviously here locally. Uh, And basically the way it came to be was it was a bunch of young real estate agents who were out there kicking butt who were tired of all the old folks making all the decisions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they got together and they created Young Professional Network and then they they basically lobbied that into the National Associated Realtors as a committee. They said, we want a voice. We want to be heard. Uh, and so then it kind of evolved into more of a networking group for young, like-minded entrepreneurs or real estate professionals to be able to go uh, and have like-minded individuals to network with to, to help them be successful. And so the way I got involved is um, I always tell people real estate is a very lonely business. And, and when you get your license, it's fantastic because you're all excited about the the prospect of going out and, and being successful, but then you get to that office that first day and you open your computer and you're scr- scratching your head and you go, okay, well now what? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so AREP was a outlet for me to be able to go and uh, have other people that were in the same situation I was. Mm-hmm. And we were all trying to figure it out together. 
Uh, and I formed so many incredible relationships from that group uh, that, you know, it's really helped me in my career and it's, it's kept me focused. Um, I have, I have people in there that, uh, we, that hold me accountable for things. I hold them accountable for things. We share ideas, we share marketing ideas. I always tell people, you know, real estate is, yeah, we're competitive. I'm competitive with you guys. You guys are competitive with me, but it's friendly competition. Like mm -hmm. we're in it together for the same goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really good. Uh, YPN is a really good opportunity to be able to go out and meet other folks. And then the other part of that, well, there's actually two other parts. The other part is, one of the other parts is meeting your, your vendor team, right? So you, all your lenders and your, your, your insurance folks and all those guys, property management, right? And so uh, it's a good outlet to be able to meet people. I would rather use people for my personal business and my clients that I meet in it somewhere like that than I would just somebody cold walking into my office and saying, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Because you're building relationships and rapport with those people. And then the third thing I always tell agents is they always say, well, why would I want to go to a networking event with other agents? That doesn't make me any money. And my philosophy is this. Would you rather be on the other side of a transaction from an agent you know or an agent you don't know? Mm. And so it's a good opportunity to go meet other agents because eventually you're going to run across them in a deal. And I've done several deals with other YPNers, and it, those transactions always go smoother. Mm -hmm. Always go smoother. Nice. Uh, it's also a referral network. You know, there's YPNs all over the country. And so I've done several referral deals in my personal business uh, from agents in different states who have people with a clientele that are moving here. Uh, I know an agent in Colorado, actually, a YPNer, who did $5 million in additional sales last year alone just off of YPN referrals. Wow. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. We're a huge family. It's very much like the service industry. It has that family feel to it. Uh, it doesn't matter what state you go to or what area of Texas you go to, you can find a local YPN chapter and you feel like you're right at home. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's really what got me involved. And once I, my eyes started to open and see uh, what the benefits were to it, uh, I just couldn't leave it alone. And unfortunately, this is my last year to serve locally because uh, presidents as high as you can go. So I'm, I'm, I'll probably still come to the events, but I've also applied to be uh, on the National Advisory Committee. So we'll see We'll see if I get selected for that or not. But if not, that's okay. I'm still going to be involved some form, fashion, or way. Can we vote for you on that? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately. Uh, I got some pretty kick-butt endorsements for some folks out there. You know who you are. So thank you guys for that. But uh, no, unfortunately, that's that's determined by NAR. So. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you said real. this is just my, I don't know, way I look at it or pet peeve. You said realtors say, why do I want to network with other realtors? And it's... To me, not that I have anything against doing full commission and full brokerage, but if you're not doing more, just in my perspective, within the business, you're missing it because real estate's amazing and it's powerful and you can part, you can find realtors that you can partner with to find flips or, you know, yeah. there's thousands of things you can do. Yeah. Uh, and the way I look at it is if you're just trying to be a realtor and you're just trying to make commissions, you're missing the big picture of yeah. what the power of real estate. Yeah. So. That's just how I think about that. I mean, I would go there, you know, looking for potential partners, you know, management, but that's a little different because we do that. But sure. but there's just always so much you can get if you're if you're trying to add value and meet people yeah. um, that can be amazing within this Absolutely. business. Off market listings, that's a big part, right? So right, good point. Agent who who does a lot of investment properties, and they may have stuff that comes across their desk that you might be interested in that they're not. And so, or maybe yeah. they have a great lender that, that you're looking for a lender. Yeah, you know, for sure. hundreds of things. Or maybe they have a marketing idea. Or maybe you never know. You may be working with that person at the same company in, in the next five years. You know, you never know. You, you form partnerships and you may go out on a, on a business adventure together. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many ways that, that networking with other people within your specific industry is, is an advantage. I mean, 
you know, and you learn from them, right? Mm -hmm. So you're already in a place with like-minded individuals, right? Why not learn from them at the same time? Maybe they figured out something that you've been puzzled about for the last year or so, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I think networking with other realtors is, is a key part of it. You have to carve out that time. Uh, to be able to be around them. And it's motivating too, right? Mm -hmm. Motivate you. So. Help me out with this because, uh, you know, you being the president, right? Yeah. Um, so I have a perspective. I, I definitely see the value of networking. I, yeah. I like doing it. I do it on my own every day. Yeah. But part, at least where I'm at right now in my life, you know, I just had a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I work super hard. I work, you know, work all the time. Yeah. And basically my time off is nights, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so... I could be doing networking events five times a week, right? Yeah. Or maybe I should just do it one. But like, how would you how would you pitch that to someone that's yeah. like, hey man, you know, I'm just you know slammed and and yeah. you, I got to have some kind of balance in my life. Yeah, you know, and that's tough, right? So um, I I I think it takes it takes a certain um, it takes a certain passion to do it. So when I was telling you guys earlier about. Um, about the whole servant's heart and wanting to give back and things of that nature. I think AREP is my outlet for that. I want to see people succeed. And so uh, I had no intentions of being vice president, vice chair or chair of this, this organization. Uh, it was kind of uh, volunteered for me, mm. um, which was fine. And I'm glad that it was. It was a blessing in disguise because I've, I've learned so much about myself. I've grown tremendously as a, as a leader and an organizer and, and being able to uh, form a tribe, you know, to get things done. There's so much work that goes into this organization that I don't think people understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 21 board members, and each of them have their own task every month to complete. Not only that, but they're still busy, and they still have their families. Uh, I think it's hard, you know. I think you just have to find the perfect balance. It doesn't work for everybody. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I don't have any kids. and I, I say that, unfortunately. I, I would love to have kids, and maybe we will one day. Um, but you know, I have some extra time and so I would, I, I like giving back. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the industry has taken such good care of me over the years and has provided food for my family and a roof over my head that I feel like I owe that back to the community. And I love seeing young people get in the business. I love seeing their, their, their excitement on their first closing. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it, it checks a box inside of me. So I think that's why I make time for it. And I think it's different for everybody. That might not be your cup of tea. Maybe your cup of tea is something different, you know? Um, as long as you check in the boxes, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, AREP to me though, it helped me out a lot in, my, in the beginning of my career. And I feel like by serving at the capacity that I am now, uh, I'm, I'm paying that back tenfold. So mm -hmm. that's, that's really why I do it. Cool. That's awesome. I love that. And the reason why Matt asked that is because um, you guys put on a happy hour once a month, yeah. um, which we attend and yeah. love it's so much fun yeah. um so is that kind of the the main events that you yeah. guys have going on year round or um any yeah. so we do so we our, our our season is actually january through november we do not do an event december that's typically the the month that we do a board turnover so our board changes every year and so uh we do 11 happy hours during the year one a month we do one charity event uh which we've already had this past april uh, and then we do four educational events. And so we, I started a new series this year that I picked up from the YPN Leadership Retreat that was in Chicago last year that a bunch of other YPNs are doing called Wake Up YPN. And so uh, what this is is basically an opportunity for us to bring everybody. We hosted it at ABOR. It's an hour and a half. 
Uh, our first one in the first quarter was Chad Goldwasser, who just so happens to be my broker, not that I'm biased or anything. Uh, <laughs> but he came in and he did an incredible, powerful speech about double linear production in 2019. Uh, we've got a second one that's coming up on the 28th of this month. It's our second quarter one. Uh, we're going to be doing new construction, so we're teaming up with Builder Boost Austin, and they're going to bring in a bunch of new home consultants, and uh, we're going to do a, a panel for that to teach agents that not to be scared of new construction, that they can take their clients out and the process for that so that they're, they, they can be successful at it. Uh, we've got Julie Nelson, uh, who's with EXP, who's going to be coming in and doing a, uh, a class course in our Q3 Wake Up YPN. Uh, and then in November will be our last one. Uh, and we've got Tommy Choi, who uh, he's the president of the Chicago uh, Association of Realtors. Uh, he is also the, the chair nationally for YPN. Uh, and he's just, his story and testimony is just freaking believable so I'm super excited he's gonna be here in November to speak so yeah we do a lot of those things and then we do a lot of one-offs too so we do uh, we try to do habitat builds and we're involved with the fan drive with the foundation over at a board we try to support them as much as possible and, and the main thing I like to teach our board members is that you got to give back to the community and which takes care of you mm -hmm. and so we do a lot of charity work which I think is uh, is important to anybody's business mm -hmm. you got to give back and so yeah, so we do that, 11 happy hours for educational events and a charity event. That's pretty much it, which doesn't sound like a ton, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. So for the listeners, if you guys are realtors or in the real estate industry or just want to come have a drink uh, once a month, uh, check us out. We're going to include that information in the show notes. Uh, Jonathan, so final two questions. Yeah. Um, one is what would you say is the biggest factor that on your life that has led you to your success today? And then two – What's the, what's the goal for you in your career? So there's two things that, um, that really drive me. Um, family, obviously. Uh, my wife is my rock. Uh, there's, there's days where, I, I mean, we all, we're all human, right? And so, you know, just because you meet a successful person doesn't mean they have a dark side. And so um, she has, she's what motivates me to be a better person every single day. Uh, my mom... Uh, I lost my dad in 2015, uh, and that I'm an only child, and my mom uh, has some, some health issues, and so uh, dealing with all of that, as it was very unexpected, uh, has, has really changed my life, and it's made, me, it's made me have an outlook of you have to live your best life every day, and so um, I would say those are probably my biggest motivating factors and what keep me going every day, because I can look at those experiences. I also had an opportunity to learn about a lot about my dad after he died, which uh, I didn't know the kind of person he was. Unfortunately, he was a very private, conservative, cowboy kind of guy. And so uh, he didn't talk a lot about his work. And I was just blown away by the amount of people. Like we, we literally had his funeral in it and they had put it in a small chapel and we had to move it to a bigger one because there were so many people. I mean, the CEO of his company, which is a very large international company, flew in for the funeral. I mean. It just blew me away, and they, they a couple of years after, or a year or two after he died, they actually dedicated one of the training rooms in Houston and one of their facilities to my dad, which I just learned so much about him, and all the stories that I heard really made me think, well, if my dad was that way, I have that. Why don't I know it's in here? How do I get it out? And so I live every day trying to pull that out of me. That's super cool. Um, and so you know, I I think that's been probably my biggest motivating factor: my mom, my wife, and my dad. Um, and then as far as where I want to go, man, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit. I think that, you know, I, I'm always looking for new opportunities, new ways to be involved, 
new ways to positively impact the lives of everybody I touch. I think that's my mission in life. Uh, I look at it that way. Uh, no matter how negative people are, I always try to be positive with them. I feel like that's the direction I, I want to go, and those are my goals. You know, Like I said earlier, the financial part of it is fantastic. It's a very rewarding business. Uh, but if you do the right things and you, you lift that servant's heart and you, and you, you just have passion about it, the money follows it. So where do I want to go, man? I want to go all the way to the top, man. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have my own company one day. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Uh, I have a really good partnership with Chad right now at, at Pure Gold, and I'm the business development manager there now. And so we're growing that team. And so that's a new chapter in my life. And so we'll see where that goes. And I would love to serve nationally uh, on committees and, and whatnot and, and really advocate for homeowners' rights. So I mean, there's a lot that I kind of have on my bucket list. Uh, we'll see where we go. But as long as I'm living life to the fullest every day, man, I'm, I'm as happy as I can be. That's awesome. Amen to that. Yeah. That's very cool. And one, I don't want to blow past this, but so sorry to hear about your dad. No, I can't imagine how proud your parents are of you. Um, so that is very awesome. And we support you 100% with yeah. your goals and dreams and the sky's the limit. And so if we can ever, you know, uh, be a resource for you, yeah. please reach yeah. out. I want to say kudos to you guys. I said this before we came in or before we started recording, but I see you guys everywhere. I, I'm just honored to be here with you guys because you guys are kicking butt out there. And it, it's always good. It's always fascinating for me when I open up my social media or emails or just out at networking events, and I see guys like you, young, full of energy, out there kicking butt. Uh, I'm just honored to be friends with you guys. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks, I man. Really I'm gonna it. cry. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, yeah. and for the listeners, we will see you guys next week. Oh, wait, wait before we sign off. Yeah. Okay, um, where can listeners find out more about you? <laughs> so they can hit me up on my Facebook page. That's probably the best, the best place, man. <laughs> Facebook.com, it's Team BCTX, BC for Big Country, TX for Texas. Everybody calls me Big Country. I don't, I, it's a nickname. I finally just gave in and I <laughs> accepted it. it. it so, yeah, Facebook, or they can uh, go to Pure Realty, puregoldrealty.com, and my information's on that website, too. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Big Country. Yeah.